0: And we're going to continue that this morning. And as we just celebrated the communion, and we're looking at the fact that Jesus Christ went to the cross and paid the price for our sin through his broken body and through his spilt blood on the cross for us. And we're reminded of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And this next passage of scripture in Hebrews that we're going to look at actually leads us right to that hope. And this next passage tells us about an anchor that we have in Jesus Christ. Why? Because of what Christ did for us on the cross, because he was willing to pay the price for our sin, we have hope beyond the day that we face today. The week that you had last week, the The issues that you faced last week, the things that wanted to overwhelm you, the things that wanted to make your life seem hopeless, well, because of what Christ did, you have hope beyond that. You have someone that you can look to, someone that will strengthen you, someone that will bring security into your life that you, on your own, cannot find, cannot have, and cannot grasp. It's only found in the person of Jesus Christ. The last two weeks, Pastor Mike uh, was, was talking to us about some difficult things, and he was talking to us and reminding us of some issues that we have. If you remember two weeks ago, he talked to us about growing up and not living as Christ followers in an immature state. And if you remember the passage of scripture, it said this, that you should be at a place where you're teachers right now, because you've known Christ long enough, but because you've refused to get into the word on your own, you're immature in your faith and you need to grow up. And that's what Mike talked about. And that's a problem that we have. That's not a God problem. It's not a Jesus Christ problem. It's a people problem, right? It's a human problem. And it's when we don't when we don't enact our faith and get into the Word of God for ourselves and grow in our faith, that we stay immature. And then last week, he talked to us about rejecting Christ. And he said there are those who are just turned their back on Jesus Christ. Both of those issues are human problems. They're not Christ problems. And this morning, I want to switch gears and no longer talk about the failures or the shortcomings that we have, the things that we struggle with. I want to turn our attention back to Jesus Christ, and I want you to see what we have in Jesus Christ. Because Christ was obedient, remember three weeks ago, this is going way back, and I know some of you, that's too far. But three weeks ago, we talked about being that Jesus Christ was obedient to death, to the Father, And it wasn't because he had the opportunity or even the thought to be disobedient. It means this, that he walked out the plan of the Father and he did the plan of the Father. And because he was obedient to the point of death and his resurrection is defeating sin, right? Remember that the penalty of sin is what? Death. And only Christ defeated that. Only Christ was able to pay that penalty and come back to life. And because he did that, he now sits at the right hand of the Father and offers you and I new life and hope that we can have no other way. Now, when he talks about hope, you can say things like, I hope. The sun comes out today. You can say, I hope we have a turkey dinner for lunch. I hope I catch some fish when I go fishing. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay? Those are dreams. Those are wishes. Those are desires of my heart. That's not the hope he's talking about. The hope he's talking about here is... Is assuredness. It's being able to place myself on a foundation that is secure. That's the hope he's talking about. Very different than the way we use the word. So this morning, as we look at these, I want you to understand that this hope is not dreams that we hope come true, it's a foundation. That we know is secure. Three thoughts this morning from this passage of scripture. We're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter chapter 6 verses uh, 13 through 20 this morning. Three thoughts I want to give you. Thought number one is this. We have a promise in Jesus Christ. We have a promise in Jesus Christ. Starting at verse 13 it says this. For when God made a promise to Abraham. Since he had no greater way to swear by. Or no one greater to swear by. He swore by himself. I will indeed bless you and will greatly multiply you. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and for them a confirming oath ends every dispute. Now, in this passage, at the very beginning, there's a promise that was made to Abraham. But this promise is greater than just a promise being made to Abraham. It's a promise that was actually made to Abraham, but also to you and I. It was made to everyone that would come after Abraham, which, hence, you and I, right? We're after Abraham, Let me give you some backstory. Let me help you understand this passage just a little bit so you know where we're coming from. Abram had been promised by God that he would become a great nation, that God would take his line, his life, and make of him a great nation. And it hadn't happened. If you remember the story of Abraham and Sarah, you remember that they were about 100 years old and they weren't a great nation. They actually didn't have any kids. Nothing had happened, and God had made this promise to Abram, and, he, and he's like, but nothing's happened, and so th- he tried on his own, and he messed things up. He had a son, and that son and the nation that would come out of that son actually became a thorn in his, in his side, and in the side of the Jewish nation, and it still is to this day. And he tried on his own, and he failed, And he's standing before God and he's like, but you promised to make me a great nation. I didn't think it was good. And and God shows up again in his life and says, my promise is my promise and I will keep the promise. And your wife, Sarah, is going to have a son. And he said, yes, but we're too old to have a son. That's not going to happen now. And God said, yeah, but I'm God and you're not. And I have a plan and I will work out my plan. And guess what? He had a son. His son's name was Isaac. And as Isaac grew up and Isaac became a young man, God went to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son that I gave you that I'm going to make into a great nation. And I want you to take him and I want you to go and I want you to make an altar and I want you to place your son on the altar and I want you to sacrifice your son to me. Now, immediately when you and I hear that, we're, we're like, whoa, hold it. God's not into human sacrifices. And he's not. But here's the interesting thing. Abraham trusted God, and he went, and he took his son, and he made an altar. And he got ready to sacrifice his son on the altar. And just before he sacrificed his son on the altar, God stopped him. Now, it wasn't just before, like, he hadn't placed his son there. He had tied his son up and placed him on the altar. I think that's interesting because the Scripture tells us he was a young man at that point. So Isaac yielded to his father. And said, yes. And then we pick the story up. I want to read it for you in Genesis chapter 22. Let me read these couple of verses to you because it's interesting. And then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn this is the Lord's declaration. This is during this whole altar event. Because you have done this, because you have placed your son on the altar and because you have not withheld your only son, I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as num- numerous as the, the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your offspring will, will will possess the city gates of their enemies and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. God tested Abraham and Abraham said yes and he passed the test and God said I make a promise to you that because you trusted me I will make you into a great nation and it says this and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring. Do you know who that is? That's you and I. It says, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Do you know how we're blessed? Do you know how this promise came true? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to bless us. Jesus Christ came to pay the, the penalty for my sin and your sin. It's not blessing in material goods. It's not blessing in, in a, a security here on earth. That's not what he's talking about. He says, look, I'm going to provide one who comes through your line, this line of people that, that, that's going to be your nation, this nation that I've put my hand on. And from that nation will come one who will save all of humanity, who will do what no one else can do, and it's Jesus Christ. All will be blessed. Now, if you go back to Hebrews 6, 13 to 16, you'll notice there's a phrase in there that I find very interesting and somewhat humorous. I gave you the backstory of Abraham's life. Here's the phrase. It says, and after he had waited patiently. Okay, you didn't laugh out loud. Remember the story? Do you remember the life of Abraham? Abraham followed God, but he messed up a lot in his life. He lied about his wife a couple times and ended up having somebody steal his wife. He told them that she wasn't his wife. He had a son with someone else who wasn't his wife, and he knew better. He had different events that happened throughout his lifetime that if you look at it and I look at it, it doesn't look like he waited very patiently. But those stories, you need to think of this, those stories are snapshots of 100 years of living. How many of you are 100? <laughs> How many of you feel like you're 100? Okay, don't go there. I want you to think about your own life for a minute. If you've been a Christ follower here this morning for a long time and you've lived a long time, and even if you've been a Christ follower a short time, I want to ask you a question. Have you always waited patiently for God? How many times have you decided that you knew better than God and you decided to move ahead without his blessing and without his hand on your life? See, it's very interesting. God knows our humanity and he knew Abraham's humanity and he didn't condemn abraham for what he did he just patiently worked with abraham and patiently went through life with abraham and at the end as abraham learned to trust and have his faith placed on god and yes he failed but yes he came back and he humbled himself before god and he said god you're right i was wrong And I trust that what you're going to do is what's going to be right. That God continued to work in Abraham's life. And God blessed him and gave him a promise that affects me today. And you might be sitting here this morning as a believer. And you may be trying on your own. And you may be messing things up because you're figuring out life for yourself. And you're leaving God out of it. Stop. And you may be embarrassed and say, yeah, but God doesn't want to hear from me right now because I've done all this wrong and I've messed up in so many ways. God wants to hear from you. God is waiting for you to come back to him. God wants you to trust him. God wants to redeem the situation you're in because that's how God treats his children. He loves them. And you can't mess up so bad and go so far that God will not redeem the situation that you're in. He's God and he loves you. And that's what this proves to us is that God cares and he has a plan and he wants to work that plan out in you and me. We struggle with waiting patiently. We live in the here and now society. Instant credit, instant food. We don't even want to plan our own food. We want to go to the grocery store and buy it instantly. Online ads for burning fat instantly, getting ripped instantly, better skin instantly, fix my relationships now. Whatever you want, you can have it. Just go get it. It's a lie. It's a lie. It won't satisfy. And God says, if you will wait patiently on me, if you'll forget the instant, if you stop thinking about just adding water, and you'll do the work, you'll grow into the mature person that God wants you to be. See, when Abraham trusted, When Abraham stopped and put his faith in who God was, God completed the work that he was trying to do all along in him. How about you? How about you? So, the first thing you need to know is this we have a promise, and that promise is this. It was given to us that if we walk with God and we patiently stay with God, God's promise is that that his son would bless us, and he is, and he has. We have a relationship with him. Second thought I want you to get this morning out of this passage is this. We have security. We have security. Let me read it for you. It's verse 17 and 18. It's this. Because God wanted to show his unchangeable purpose even more clearly to the heirs of the promise, he guaranteed it with an oath so that so that through two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. This passage says this, that we have security and our security is found in who we are as Christ followers. Did you notice the phrase it uses in there? It says that we are heirs We are heirs. That word heir heir means this. It means that I'm part of the family, right? An heir is someone who belongs to the family and there's rights that are tied to the heir. It's the same word that's used in Galatians. Let me read it to you from Galatians. It says this. For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. What that means is this. Those of you who have come to the place where you understood that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, you couldn't pay for your own sins, and you gave your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, and you accepted the price that he paid on your behalf, you repented of your sin, and you said yes to him, you are clothed with Christ. You become a new creation in Jesus Christ. He says this, There is no Jew or Greek, no slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ. In other words, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your background. If you are in Christ, you are all the same in Christ. Redeemed, renewed, made new, new life in Christ. And if you belong to Christ then you are Kachadir, you are Abraham's seed. Heirs according to the promise. That's what we just the story we just read. It was the promise that God gave to Abraham. And he said, "Look, when you become a Christ follower, you're receiving the promise that was given to Abraham way back in Genesis. Do you think God has a plan? Do you ever make a plan? That you've been working on for 50 years? Like, what? I can't remember what I was supposed to do yesterday. (laughs) God had a plan for humanity from the moment mankind sinned, and He's working that plan out right now. God doesn't forget. What's security, folks? If you come to the place where you give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, he's working out a plan in you and he wants to complete it. Scripture says this, until the day of salvation, until the day he takes you home. He doesn't forget about us. We're secure in him. This passage can be a little bit confusing because it says this, that he made an oath. Why would God make an oath? God doesn't need to make an oath. There's none greater than God. And so there was none greater than God, so he made an oath before Abraham and he did it in his own name (laughs) because I'm the greatest. That's what he's saying. But he didn't make the oath so that he would keep his promise. He didn't do it for that reason. He made the oath so that Abraham would know that God would keep his promise. He didn't do it for God's benefit. He did it for our benefit. And it says this, that he he gave the oath two unchangeable things. One is that he made the oath in his own name. There's none greater than God. He's the greatest. And so whatever promise he makes, he keeps. And the second unchangeable thought that he gave us was this, that God cannot lie. You ever had anybody give you an oath and you said, they're not going to keep it. They're liars. They never keep their word. Well here's the thing about God one is he's never backed out on a promise and he's God number two he cannot and he will not lie. So whatever he's promised he will do. You can grab a hold of the promise of God and you can keep a hold of it because you know he will never take it away from you. It's a promise. It's a promise. There's none greater than God. So our security then is wrapped up in the person and the character of God himself. He will never change. He will never walk in one day and say, I don't like the way you're living and so I'm changing my promise to you. He's not gonna do that because his promise is wrapped up in his character, not mine and not yours. We have hope and security because of who God is. Third thought, and we'll be done this morning, is this. It's found in verses 19 and 20, and it's this. We have an anchor we have an anchor let me read this for you we have this hope as an anchor for our souls or for the soul firm and secure it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner stop right there just for a minute remember this when jesus finished his work on the cross when he when he paid for our sin and he died on the cross and they put him in the grave for 3 days he rose again after 3 days and he didn't just wander around the earth saying i I won. I won. I won. That's not what he did. Scripture tells us this, that he went and he sat at the right hand of the father and he looked at the father and he said, showed his hands and his feet and his side. And he said, the job is complete. I have finished the work. And his father said, sit at the right hand of my fa- of the father of the throne and rule and so we have one who is our hope, who has finished his job. It is complete. It is done. And because it's done, because his work is done, we have an anchor. Now, if you have an anchor in a boat, an anchor is no good to you in the boat. Think about this for a minute. I know it's obvious. The anchor must go where? This is obvious, okay? what is it? It's got to go overboard. It's got to go in the water and it's still not really any good to you just hanging in the water. Where's it got to go? It's got to go to the bottom and it's got a hook on something, doesn't it? For you not to drift in your boat. That's what an anchor does. An anchor holds you steady. This anchor is different. This one's not down. This anchor is not thrown down into the water. This anchor is anchored in heaven in the finished work that was set before him. And our anchor is securely in the father's hand. And the father said, this is my son who did his job completely well done. You have finished your work. And he's anchored at the right hand of the Father, and your anchor is secure, never moving, never drifting, never going anywhere, because he's all done all that he needed to do. And you have an anchor that is secure in him. If you are a Christ follower here this morning, you have more security than you you could ever dream of having. And it's wrapped up in the person Of Jesus Christ. If you're a Christ follower here this morning, your security is not found in what you have. It's not found in your job. It's not found in your relationships. It's not found in your family. It's not found in whether people like you or don't like you. It's not found in your bank account. Your security is completely wrapped up in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And no matter what happens on this earth, you are secure in him. If that doesn't excite you, you need to wake up. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I wish I had that hope. I wish I could feel that anchored and that secure. Then you need to know Jesus. You need to come to a place in your life where you understand that he paid the price for your sin. And he's offering you hope and freedom and security in himself yield ask for forgiveness of your sin and say yes to his price that he paid for your freedom and give your heart and your life to him and you can have that anchor we have an anchor that keeps our soul steadfast and firm Wrapped in the person of Jesus Christ. Do you have that stability? Do you have that hope? You can. I want to close this morning a little different. I want to ask you to stand with me. We're going to read Psalms chapter 33, verses 20 to 22 this morning as we wrap this up because this is what the psalmist said about these thoughts that are given to us in Hebrews. So would you read with me? We wait for the Lord. He is our help and shield. For our hearts rejoice in him because we trust in his holy name. May your faithful love rest on us, Lord, for we put our hope in you. Father, I pray that this would be true. I pray that we would put our hope, that we would put our security completely in you. That we would realize what Jesus Christ has done for us. The promise of new life is ours. The promise of hope is ours. The promise of security is ours. We have a place, we have a person who would anchor us if we only will trust, if we'll only put our faith in Jesus Christ and rest completely in him. Father, if there's one here this morning who hasn't done that, would you cause them by your spirit to see the hope that is found in Jesus Christ? For those of us as Christ followers, would you help us to look away from all the stuff that distracts us and is a false sense of security. And would you help us to fix our eyes and our hearts solely on the anchor of Jesus Christ? Oh God, help us to live that way this week. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks. Have a great week. If you want to chat about having hope in Jesus,